Salutations and shit, folks. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of your new favorite travel podcast, Travel and Shit, where I, your host, D. Carrie, have an experiential conversation about all the ways that travel intersects with regular life. This week, I'm going to discuss decisions and the entire process that happens to be decision-making. So I don't know about y'all, but I tend to take forever to make decisions. Dot all the I's, cross the T's, underscore, italicize, all the things. Sometimes it works in my favor. Other times it absolutely um, just makes it more of a stressful situation. So I have learned to kind of fall in line or let my general decision-making process, if you will, kind of influence my travel decisions. So in, in essence, I know that if I have too many options, it's going to take me forever to make a decision. So when it comes to travel, I've tend, I've decided to, when it's just me and I'm doing a solo trip, I tend to try to weigh the options, right? Depending on where I'm going, I need to evaluate whether or not this is something that needs to be decided short-term or long-term. Am I planning a trip for next week or am I planning a trip for next month? So if I'm planning a trip for next month, what I'll generally do is, because for me, I know that accommodations take the longest and excursions generally um, really don't. So I got to weigh certain factors. Am I taking uh, public transportation? Do they have a metro in this area? Are taxis wild cheap? So might as well just be a little luxurious, be extra bougie for this trip and then just pay for taxis. So this, the decisions start with, you know, where are your priorities going to lie? If it's something, if you're going to an area where you know it's really expensive, you don't have expensive destination, do what you want money, then you got to kind of start with, all right, so money is the first factor. So now I'm going to decide, um, you already decided where you're going. So now I'm going to decide where I'm staying, how I'm getting there and what I'm doing while I'm there based on price. So you've got those three things in mind. I always start with how am I going to travel? If I'm going to take the Metro, it doesn't benefit me any to be someplace that's not by a Metro station. So now I can uh, limit the number of choices I have based on locations that are near said station, right? So now I'm going to narrow that field. So look at all the places that have a Metro. Do I have 300 options? Cool. If this trip is a month from now, that's too much for me to decide. I'm gonna wait for two weeks before the trip and then go back and look and see, do I still have 300 options or now do I have 150? Still a whole bunch of shit to decide from, right? So then I go through filters. I always book with Airbnb because it allows me to, you know, implement these filters and I'm familiar with the platform. It works well for me. If you decide that you want to stay at a hotel, you can apply filters through whatever app you're using to book your hotel. Or if you know where you're going to stay because somebody else, you know, um, recommended a place to you, then that's not a problem that you have to decide on, right? You already know where you're staying. But if you have to decide, let's go with the example that I'm going to give because Airbnb, that's what I know the most about. So once I have a gauge to um, 
start with. Like I know that the Metro matters. I know say, um, the next part is going to be, what are the other essentials that I'm not going to, uh, do without? And then I figure out, can I afford those things? And can I not? For example, in Bali, I knew that I absolutely was not sharing any space because single houses, single units were wildly affordable. And by wildly affordable, I mean like $25 a night, an entire house, two stories and a private pool. So I knew that for me, spending say $40 a night to get a private tool, a private pool was worth the, you know, paying double versus spending $16 and, you know, only having, um, the apartment to myself or the house to myself, or maybe spending $8 and having to share a building with other travelers. So you have the different tiers that you're able to choose from. Are you going to stay at a hostel? When I travel in Europe, I generally stay at a hostel because cost, especially if it's going to be a short trip and I'm not really going to be in the, um, my sleeping accommodations for too long. I know that, well, I can absolutely base it on safety and money and location. Is it near a Metro? Is it safe? Like, am I able to choose a female only dorm? And, um, is it cost effective? I don't want to spend $75 a night. Cause if I'm going to spend $75 a night to share space, I might as well spend $95 and get my own space. Right. So if I'm going to do something that's $16, I want it to be, you know, all female dorm. Is there a bathroom included in the room or do I have to share a bathroom in a hallway? Note pro tip. A lot of times, even if you book a shared room in a hostel, it's possible that even if the room sleeps 18 women or 18 people, mixed dorms, single sex doesn't really, you know, you have options in a lot of places. Even if it only, if it sleeps 18, 18 people may not have booked the same day that you did. So consider that if it, if it comes down to, you know, deciding playing, I don't really want this room, this room costs less, but it houses and sleeps more people. You, you may not end up having the room full, but that's, you know, dice you're willing to roll. So that's generally how I make my decisions a little bit easier when it comes to housing. If I know that I've got 300 things to choose from, that's too much for me. I'm going to wait closer to the date. So those, uh, options are decreased. Also, I then decide based on what I absolutely will not settle for uh, my accommodation not having and then the things that I absolutely, you know, need it to have. So that's how I've learned to make the accommodations choice much easier for myself. What else is in my notes here? Uh, Money or access also. Uh, sometimes you want to save a couple of dollars and stay further out from, um, a area. Like say, for example, I always like using my Barcelona trip. I decided I wanted to save some money and stay outside or at like, you know, the peripheral of the city of Barcelona and terrible call. I ended up being, this was still early baby travel, uh, D days. And so giving myself grace, but again, terrible idea. I ended up spending wild money in taxis because I was not near um, a really convenient metro system. They had a train that was maybe a mile from where I was staying and I just wasn't willing to walk the mile because I was in the fucking mountains. So I didn't know where that mile was going to lead me and I wasn't about to try. So I limited my um, travels to the actual city of Barcelona and I ended up really regretting that decision to save the money to stay outside. I think I spent maybe 
I don't know, maybe $300 in taxis where I could have spent an extra $150, maybe $200 to stay in a area of the city that I could have gotten on the $3 Metro or, you know, just walked around the city and been able to see, do, and experience so much more because I was right there. So I ended up having a little bit of extra downtime in the mountains, which was beautiful, but there was really nothing to do in that little neighborhood that I was able to walk around in. It felt like home. It was a really small town and I did not enjoy that aspect of it as much as I would have liked to. Um, so hindsight, Sometimes it pays to spend a little bit more to stay in the area that you know you are going to want to do the most exploring in. This way you don't have to spend time because remember your time is worth something. If it's going to take you two hours on the train to get to the city center, do you really want to spend four hours of your day getting back and forth to where you're sleeping? Also, it's one thing to consider, is this metro above ground or below ground? That may be something you have to Google. You may have to uh, deep dive into some YouTube videos or whatever the case may be to find that out. Because if it's above ground, maybe you decide that you want to, you know, explore the terrain that way. It's something to look at, right? But then consider, it ain't all nice to look at. Sometimes it's boring as fuck. That's uh, something I learned coming and going on a lot of different trains from the airport to places that I was staying. Even in the city, if you stay in New York, a lot of times you're, say you're on the Long Island Railroad. In theory, it sounds like, oh, some of it is above ground. It'll be nice. You're looking at the back of buildings. There's really not like you're, you know, most trains aren't like the L train where you can go through Brooklyn and see what, you know, the city, this ran the city looks like on your trip. Uh, so absolutely consider, do you want to spend time getting to where it is that you think you'll spend most of your trip? And then do you want to spend the money getting there via taxi? If it's going to be expensive or if it's inexpensive, you might decide to save money on your accommodation by staying a little further out and then being able to take a taxi. So those are all things that you want to weigh and a good way to, you know, truncate the pool that you got to choose from is to revisit the, uh, the decision-making process when it's closer to your trip, just so that you just have less to decide from. What I also like to do if I get in that situation where I have like a month in advance, I'll save all the des- the uh, spots that I like the most and then revisit that favorites list or that list of uh, spots that I've saved a couple of weeks or like a couple of days before the trip so that I know I'm choosing from one, whatever's left, and then two, something that I know I'm going to like because the criteria that I've deemed absolutely necessary have been met. I've hit those filters and it's, you know, populated in that list that I'm going to revisit in the future. So for me, that's how I've made my decisions easier. I, in terms of accommodations, that's really the biggest stress in planning a trip. In terms of decisions, I also have said before layovers always, 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 if you want to experience more destinations on your trip than your end destinations, a lot of places, depending on how far out you're traveling, give you the option for a layover. You can choose to do a direct flight. You can spend 14 hours traveling to, um, I don't know, Thailand. I don't know if it takes 14 hours or not. First thing that came, the first place that came to mind, or you can spend seven hours going to, 
I don't know, uh, Qatar. That's where I ended up doing my layover. I don't remember how I'm probably lying about how long these flight lengths are, but roll with me here. So you can spend seven hours stopping Qatar for a day, two days, three days, however long you decide. Look into if you need a visa. Always check to see if you're going to need a visa or else you can end up at the airport and not be able to safely leave uh, because you don't have the right paperwork. Uh, But it's always a really, really cost-effective way to see more places. Remember, however, that if you're going to stay overnight or if you're arriving super, super late and depending on how much time you have, you may be interested in booking an extra accommodation. So factor that into whether or not you want to add a uh, layover stop. So the layover stops have absolutely given me the opportunity to see so many more places without having to spend more money. Like you don't have to spend the extra on airfare. So I've done, um, I want to say one of the layovers that I liked the most was Qatar. I ended up staying there for about three days. I think it was three days and two nights. Uh, I don't know how many airlines are still doing it, but some of them offer a, uh, like a program or a package where if you book through their national airline, Qatar Airways is the national airway of Qatar. And if you book through them, they offer you the, at the time that I did it, they offered a free visa and you got a, like a voucher for a five or a four star hotel for maybe like $40 a night, $50 a night. So they have a lot of incentives for tourists to stop and spend some time in an area to, you know, bolster their tourism industry in a destination. So that's always something to consider in your decision-making process. How long do you want to stay on the plane? Especially during COVID, still a pandemic, if you want to lessen the amount of time you're on this tiny little box of shared air, consider throwing in a nice layover stop. This way you shorten your 12-hour flight into, you know, two six-hour flights. Um, Also, don't forget... Look into whether or not you need visas or if you're going to need to book an accommodation. Those prices, those costs can add up and you may decide it's one, worth it to be able to see a new country as well, another city or another area that you've not visited before. Or it might just not be worth it to you depending on how many hoops that you have to jump through. Consider that you can choose different flight plans with different layovers. The same end destination, like say you want to get to, um, let's say, what's another one that I went on? Um, I can't think right now. Let's just say uh, Thailand again. Another flight option, as opposed to having a layover in Qatar, may give you a layover in Egypt. If you're more interested in going to Egypt, choose that as your option. But again, weigh those costs, uh, the cost analysis. If you decide to do Egypt, how much is that visa going to be? What are the times that your layover is going to uh, land? I have found that the best, best time to, and the best option for a layover, if you're deciding to leave the airport and do something, first thing in the morning, absolutely always the best option. If you arrive, and also it kind of, let me take that, I redact that, depends on what you're interested in doing. If you want to do a day trip, if you want to do something free, like a city tour, walking around, just going out to get something to eat, you're probably better off going during the day because that's when shit is generally offered. If you're going to land at like nine o'clock at night, is this someplace that has a night scene that you'd be interested in? If not, it, what's it going to serve you to arrive at 9 p.m., 
maybe get dinner and then do nothing else or not really get to see what all else is going on because you got to consider you got to get out of customs. You have to travel to wherever it is you're going to be staying and then you got to stop, choose something to eat and all the love kind of jazz. So you're looking at 11, maybe 12 o'clock, depending on, you know, all the different factors that are going to lead up to you leaving the airport and getting to someplace, any place, wherever the place is you decide to be. So I personally would prefer when I have the option to arrive much earlier so that I can actually use the most of my layover. Uh, What's next on the list? Okay, next, I always decide to make room for intuition. Actually, let me rewind. When it comes to my excursions, I always have a chart. This chart happens to be available in my solo travel planning course. Download your free copy. You can get it at travelandshippodcast.com. And in this chart, I lay out the days that I'm going to be there. If I arrive on a Monday, starts Monday. And if I'm leaving on Thursday, ends Thursday. Rocket science. Always accommodate for when your flights are, the two ends. So if you arrive at 6 a.m. Monday, you know that you've got, say, from... 10 a.m. or maybe noon to do something. It depends on where you're going. Is this something international? Do you have to go through customs or are you just going to LA and you'll be out of the airport in like 20 minutes because you don't check a bag. It's just carry on, grab your shit off the plane and go. Do you have to wait for luggage? Are you meeting somebody else? Uh, Little things like that to consider. That being said, I've got my chart and there are certain days that certain excursions are available. Sometimes there is a city tour that I want to do, but it's only available or it's only offered on a Tuesday. So if I know that I'm arriving on a Wednesday, it's not an option. But if I'm getting there on a Tuesday, what time does it fall? Do I have time to, you know, drop my shit off and go? Do I have to accommodate for a taxi? Do I have to accommodate for a change of clothes? Is this something I'm going to want to shower first for? Those are all little things to consider when you are booking your accommodation, uh, your excursions. So I say, start with the chart. If you've got five days in the area and there are five things you're looking to do, or if there are, if you want to be booked, like if you want to stay booked and busy and you want to do something every day, look at what your options are. What I generally do with the chart is say, I want to do swimming with the dolphins, right? So this is available Monday through Friday. So I'll write it in Monday through Friday. Another option I might want to do is making my own tea. That excursion is only available Wednesday through Saturday. So I'll put it into my my uh, template, my little calendar, the schedule thing. I'll put that in for the days that it's available. What did I say? Thursday through um, Saturday or Wednesday through Saturday. And I'm only there Wednesday through Thursday. So now on my schedule, I've got swimming with the dolphins on one Uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and then I've also got making tea Wednesday, Thursday. So I do this with everything that I'm interested in doing just so I can see in front of me what all is available on what days. This way, you can choose what the best day for each option is based on what you want to do. Say something is available on, three things are available on Wednesday. But one of those three things is only available on Wednesday. Of the three things, two of those, wait, take it back, two things. Let's just make this a little easier. There are two things. They're both available Wednesdays. 
one of them is available Wednesday and Thursday. What do you think you're going to do? If you want to do both, the one that's only available Wednesday is what you're going to do on Wednesday. The thing that's available Wednesday and Thursday is going to be the thing you do on Thursday. So sometimes that all the time, that little calendar, that spreadsheet that I use makes that very easily visible to me at a glance. This way I'm not overbooking or booking something on one day when there's something else I'd rather do that day because it's only available on that day. So for me, I know when I make decisions in terms of my excursions, I like to know what all of my options are. Once I have all of those options out there, I can then make the best decision for the time and the days that I have available. You have to know what makes your life easier. Sometimes I absolutely, well, not sometimes, generally, I'll absolutely, based on that schedule, leave room for intuition, doing absolutely nothing. Sometimes the mood changes when you get someplace. If you can't get a good gauge on the weather before you get there, you can have the most pristinely laid out plans that go to shit because it's not something that you can safely do in a thunderstorm. You're not going to go in a hot air balloon if it's thunder and lightning. It's just not going to happen. They're going to cancel it on you. Uh, So I like to leave space for things to go wrong, things to get canceled, and for me to just decide, this is what I feel like doing today. Sometimes you, in your mind, while you're home, you're in your head, you think you're going to be up for salsa on Tuesday, hiking on Wednesday, and you know, a yoga class on Thursday. But you get out there and you realize, yo, the patio on this spot or the deck on this spot or the beach that's free and walkable here, absolutely worth more than doing all these different things that I want to pay for or all of these different things that I'm just not in the mood for. Bitch, I'm tired from salsa. I can't get up at, you know, midnight for a sunrise hike up this, you know, six mile mountain. Sometimes also you gotta lose money. Be open to losing money. I changed my mind in a couple different destinations and I'm gonna get to that because I gotta outline y'all. I'm getting better with this deciding what to talk about beforehand thing. If you didn't know, sometimes I'd be pulling episodes out my ass. (laughs) The kids got a gift. Uh, let's see. Mm-hmm. Okay. So make room for intuition. Some things are best decided last minute. Weather concerns, beach days, um, certain mood last minute. Okay. So hit all those marks. Let me get into some of the trips. I've got about four trips that I have had where decisions, these are the trips that really solidified some of the decision-making factors that matter the most for me. So London, last minute through and through. It was a fucking disaster. It was so bad. So that was the last trip of maybe uh, like a four-stop Euro trip. And I did a bunch of little hostels. I spent a full day in uh, about three of the cities and I finished out knowing that when I landed in London, I didn't want to have anything planned because I wanted to be, you know, free and spontaneous and in, you know, in the moment. Shout out to um, early episode guest, Terry O. He put the bug in my ear and love you, homie. 
terrible, terrible idea for me. So I got there and what I failed to do, what I learned is to, I guess you could say plan for spontaneity. You have to really have your ducks in a row and you got to have your funds mostly in the row. I had already overdrafted in the bank by the time I got to London. I had all this cash on me, but I was tired as fuck. And I was really just like over traveling. I was over everything by that last trip. And so I just was not thinking clearly. I think that was the closest thing I've ever come to having like a panic attack. I'm in the airport basically. And uh, I think I was in, was I in Gatwick or Heathrow? I think I was in Gatwick. And I was sitting in the airport, like with my shit, just in a chair, low key, like crying. Thankfully, my dad called, calmed me down. I just pulled the trigger on one of the hostels because I use the app Hostel World. A lot of places won't take Amex. So that was one of the places I think that I was able to, um, cause I had like credit cards and I had cash, but I was hell bent on just spend, uh, spending money from my bank account. Like it just made sense. Cause I don't really like to, after charging so many trips on a credit card, I don't like having to go back and pay them off after the fact. So I prefer to just pay for them real time. So that's where my head was. I really, really let myself like kind of get hell bent and like stuck on that, I was not in the best state to be making a whole bunch of decisions also. So consider that you may not be in the fucking mood to do big deep dive thinking when the time comes. I didn't really plan ahead in terms of how I was using my money, how I was spending my money. I was just having a good fucking time in all these other places. And I totally forgot that Hey girl, you have a total spontaneous day and a half that you got to account for. So I learned the hard way that sometimes if you know that you want to be spontaneous, put yourself in the best situation, put yourself in the best position to be able to do that comfortably. Know that you got enough money and know that when you get someplace, certain factors that may, you know, force your hand aren't going to be an issue. Safety is really one of those things that can force your hand. You don't necessarily want to, like, you can't stay at, uh, if you're a woman, you can't stay at an all-male dorm, right? They're not going to let you do that. So safety, you can't sleep on the street. I mean, you can, but is that going to be the best option? Is that the safest? By all means, if that's something you're interested in doing, I'm not telling you to do it. Follow your gut, sis. Do what you want, fam. This is not me. I ain't sleeping on nobody's street. I have, however, slept in airports. I think I slept in, no, I know I slept in an airport in Austria. I slept in an airport in Miami um, just because, no, not in Austria. I didn't sleep in the, the airport there. It was Norway. I ended up finishing my excursion at like midnight and my flight was at 6 a.m. And I already had all my luggage. So I was not going to pay for a taxi to go all the way back to the Airbnb to then pay for another taxi to go back to the airport within like a six hour window. It just didn't make sense. Um But all that being said, give yourself some, some leeway, put things in place so that when you have to make a decision, you've got all the tools you need to make the best decision in that moment. If you know you're going to be tired and you don't think well when you're tired and you know you want to be spontaneous, give yourself three choices and then decide when you get there as opposed to giving yourself no choices and then having to figure everything out when you get there. 
Little things like that. You got to know yourself. If you don't think well when you're tired, if you don't think well when you're hungry, if you don't think well when you're nervous or feeling uncomfortable and say you don't understand the language in a place, consider in advance what kind of factors are going to be in place so that you know that you're making the best decisions for yourself once you're in the mix of all that stimuli. Um, Costa Rica. One, the lesson I learned there was you absolutely can change your mind. I had a beach day planned and I realized I can go to the beach when I get home. I think I was out there, uh, summertime. It was New York summertime. I think while I was out there and I'm like, yo, I can literally come home and the following weekend be on any number of beaches in New York. Right. So I decided I'm certain this beach is going to be beautiful but I can absolutely go to a beach in a bunch of different countries. But there's this incredible jungle option here. Not all the countries I go to have beautiful jungles that I can go to or options that are, or, you know, or are, or the places I'm staying are going to be near or have me accessible to a jungle. So what I opted to do was cancel the beach trip. I canceled it last minute like the day before the trip was supposed to happen. So I lost the money. I think it was like $115 or something like that. I ate it because the opportunity to do something that I'd never done before and the opportunity to do something that I know that I would not as readily have access to in the near future meant more to me than the $115, right? That's the decision that I made in the in the moment. I ended up having the most incredible, incredible time at Turubari. I'll never forget my taxi driver, Benny, and the guides that I had. I, it was just me the whole trip. So the guy ended up taking all the pictures I wanted to, all the great conversation. It was such a, such a great trip. That's the trip that I did the zip lining. That's the trip I did an incredible horseback ride. The food was mad good there too. I did an incredible horseback ride and I got to taste, I ate termites right from a tree. Um, all these really incredible experiences that I was able to have there because I took the chance at changing my mind last minute. It's your trip. You get to have the trip that you want. Speak that into existence. Speak the life that you want from your trip into your trip and pull it off. Sometimes, however, you gotta be open to the idea of changing your mind and you have to be open to the idea of losing some bread. A uh, similar thing happened in Cuba, except for I didn't cancel the trip. My vendor actually canceled the trip. I was going to, I was in Cuba for, I want to say it was my 33rd birthday. And on the day of my birthday, I had intended to do a uh, night of dancing in, I think, old Havana. I was kind of looking forward to it because it was going to force me to step outside my comfort zone and be with strangers out and do the whole nightclub thing. I'm not a party girl, but I was like, it's my birthday. Why not have uh, a night at the club in Cuba for my birthday, right? But I was arranging in advance for a taxi to um, drop me off and pick me up. This way, I didn't have to figure that out in a different country while late at night. The vendor reached out to me and was explaining that where I was staying was going to be a certain amount extra for them to drive that far. Okay, fine. But then that became an issue as well. And I guess the driver they had wasn't, I don't know what the issue was on their end, but they made it like they were basically saying they can't do it. So I ended up not being able to do that excursion. I lost the money on that one only because to me, it wasn't worth the hassle 
of using the limited internet I had to try to send the request to Airbnb and then detail that I didn't cancel it. They canceled it, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, honestly, I think I spent $35 on the trip, on the excursion, or it didn't run me more than a hundred dollars or something like that. I don't know. It's, it was an insignificant number for me at the moment. But what that did was left me with the day open. It I ended up not having any plans for my birthday that night. But if you'll go back to episode three, I want to say, it's one of the top five. I talked about sex in Cuba. Yeah, it was terrible. But it was an experience. It was a time. So it ended up, uh, if you will, giving me the opportunity to try something different. But the point is, You got to roll with the punches. Sometimes it's out of your control when the plans get changed. Be open to just walking around for free in the neighborhood that you're staying in. A lot of times you decide that you can people watch. There's a store that you want to shop in. And now that you're not doing what it is, you've got extra funds to spend on extra uh, souvenirs and gifts for other people, right? Or you can decide to walk around the town and say, oh, there's actually a really dope gallery. There's actually a really dope uh, vintage shop, antique shop, uh, local vendors, really good live music by where I'm staying. Give yourself the opportunity to explore and get lost. Sometimes when things go wrong, they actually go right. They can go for the better. You end up getting a surprise and you have a story to tell in the long run. You get home, you're like, yo, I had X, Y, and Z planned and down the fucking toilet. But guess what I did? I pulled out a good time anyway, but you have to be willing to roll with the punches. If it doesn't go your way, it doesn't mean that it doesn't have to go at all. You just got to find another option. Uh, let's see. Oh, also it's worth having a couple of backup plans, right? If you go to an area, consider what's free, what's in the area, what's low cost. Are there museums nearby? Are there local churches? I'm not a religious person, but churches are just beautiful. I enjoy going and visiting churches in other places just because if, I'll tell you one thing, if Catholics don't do nothing right, they build some beautiful, beautiful structures. All of the stained glass and I enjoy them for the aesthetics. Um, you can visit a local church, visit, wander around the fucking grocery store, y'all. Like there are so many options that you could do for free. But the point was, look at the things that are available to you that you may not necessarily want to spend money on or things that you otherwise wouldn't necessarily be interested in. But in a pinch, in the worst case scenario, if something falls through or something finishes early Or, you know, if something finishes late and throws you off schedule so you can't do something else, you've already got in the back of your mind, all right, well, this place is nearby or, uh, you know, there's a movie theater. Are you necessarily going to just go to the movies someplace else? But no, you might surprise yourself just because what the fuck else you got to do, right? You're going to spend $25 at their movies and say that you sat through something, you had no clue what they were saying, but you might enjoy it. Give yourself the opportunity to try something else and it becomes easier to decide those things when you've got a little, I guess a little, a little cup of a little cup of water just to dip, dip your toes in, dip your fingers in. There's a couple of options that you're back pocketing or saving on the shelf for if you need them. Uh, What did I have next? Oh, Bermuda. 
the whole last trip was booked the day before. It was, you know, a last minute decision. And I ended up planning that whole trip the day I got there. So I didn't have time to book excursions or anything or even look into what was available to me in the area because I hadn't considered the area until the day before I went. The trip I went to before I had actually planned out ended up getting canceled. Um, so scratch that. And I went with the spirit and loved Bermuda. What I learned there was to one DIY it and then two ask for help. So I spent a couple of hours just going through, um, was it Expedia, Airbnb, Viator. I went through a couple of the pamphlets that were in the hotel and I looked at all of the different uh, excursions and trips and activities that I was interested in. Unfortunately, it was out of season. So a lot of the stuff that I would have wanted to do on a beautiful island with incredible beaches just weren't available to me. So what I ended up doing was, all right, well, this tour is not operating right now, but it's hitting a lot of really interesting historical points uh, that I would want to go see. So boom, let me find a map of the bus map and get there myself or let me see where I can walk in the area. I spent the one, I spent the day just looking at a bunch of shit that I would be interested in. And I pulled together what information I could from there. I went to the hotels, um, not concierge, I guess it's the concierge desk, but there was a desk there that would assist you in planning excursions, activities, and events and shit. And Miss Joyce, I always shout her out when I, when I talk about this trip, she really, really went out of her way to help me navigate the island and make a lot of the stops of historical interest and visit the different, um, restaurants and stores and stuff around the island because I asked for help. I let her know, you got any kind of black history? That's where I want to be. She says, say less. She wrote out like a really detailed list of different places that I could visit. I matched that up with some of the places that I already said that I was interested in after doing my own research. And she did the extra work, went the extra mile and called one of the museums to make sure that they would stay open late for me so that I could go that very same day. So a lot of times when you ask, it'll absolutely help you out. I remember in Thailand, I had serious, serious jet lag. So I ended up waking up one day, it was raining, it was gloomy, I was tired, went back to sleep, slept the entire fucking day, wasted the day. So I just said, all right, I'm pick it up next day. Next day, I ended up going to the concierge desk to ask for that little boat that goes to Fifi because I couldn't find any place on any of the apps where I could book it myself. Unfortunately, the concierge desk lady was really nice, but she couldn't do nothing for me. Apparently that day it like booked up or it sold out or it was raining that day. And she said to me, oh, I wish you'd come yesterday. It was raining here, but it was beautiful there. So another pro tip, just because it's raining where you are, Don't think that that always means it's raining where you want to be. Always remember to consider that and look into it when it comes to making the decision to stay in one place or even to go to another place. Even if it's not raining where you are, consider that if you're going far enough, it may be raining where you want to go. So um, when it comes to deciding, know that if you want to do more things that are last minute, you may want to book an accommodation that has a host 
that is open to giving you um, advice and helping you book and will even offer services where they will give you a tour as well. I had a layover in Casablanca and my host actually gave that service. She uh, provided a really incredible day tour. I think we spent nine hours walking around the city. We had an incredible time. She knew, I told her I really enjoyed trying coffee. So we stopped in a bunch of little shops and little uh, stands and booths. And I got to try a lot of the coffee that was offered in the area. I had an incredible time because I opened my mouth and told the host that that's what I was interested in. And she was able to help make that happen. Excuse me. So always consider what it is that you want and how you can best get that with the least amount of stress to you. Is that you planning everything in advance using a spreadsheet or a calendar so that you're choosing the best activities for the best days or asking for help when you get there. If you know that you want to kind of lay back and be catered to and have people, you know, figure a lot of stuff out for you, then absolutely book accommodations or experiences where that is something that is given to you as an option. But the gist of it is know your personality. Are you someone that makes decisions easily? If you make decisions easily, you may not have to spend all this time making decisions in advance. You may be the type of person that could show up and just figure it out as you go. That gives me a lot of stress. I know that's not me. So I know that I have to book and arrange everything the fuck before. I even plan for spontaneity. I know if I'm getting there on Monday and I'm leaving Friday, that Tuesday and maybe Thursday are the days that I'm going to do the most. And Wednesday is the day that I'm absolutely going to chill. Wednesday, I regroup. Wednesday, I lounge at the pool. I walk to the beach. Or, you know, I schedule for Tuesday morning to do nothing. And then Tuesday afternoon, I'm fucking it up and I'm doing everything that's available to me in the city in that six hour window that I want to be out. Know what you want to do and decide that this is the best option. This is the best set of plans for me to navigate through because of my personality type. If you know you don't want to deal with the stress, deal with it all before you go. Deal with it before it becomes a necessity. Deal with it before it becomes a problem. But this is all from knowing yourself. You really want to check in with who you are in that moment. If last time you went on vacation, if pre-pandemic, you were absolutely somebody that was really just pick up, go, figure it out when I get there. But you realize that this is an entirely new world right now. A lot of places may not be open. A lot of businesses may have shut down or have limited hours, limited capacity. There are a lot of restrictions that are in place right now, even though a lot of places are opening up. So that's something that you also want to consider when you're planning your trips. You don't want to book what you think is going to be an incredible island getaway and realize that the island is not really got that much going on because people are financially struggling, people are sick, or, you know, just the governments are shutting a lot of things down, curfews, um, really look into if you're traveling now or in the near future, what all is available to you. And I would suggest sending out an email confirming that services and certain amenities are still available. You can say that you absolutely want to eat at this establishment or you want to stay at this hotel because they've got room service and then find out that they're not doing room service anymore and you know you have to pick up a boxed meal at the kitchen 
in order to eat at the hotel. You you booked that hotel for nothing now because the reason why you were staying there was because of the room service. So you want to look into these things beforehand and don't just go by what they're advertising. If you're going to spend enough or if it matters enough to you, ask. Send an email. If it's local like and in terms of like domestic, like if you're in New York and you're flying out to Wisconsin, call. Make sure that the amenities that are listed and the amenities that mean the most to you, like your non-negotiables, confirm that those things are still in place because it's still a really weird time for the majority of the fucking world, y'all. Don't get out there and have your own shit fucked up because you didn't put the foresight into it and you didn't put the little bit of work into it to uh, figure out and navigate these things before you got there. Now, if you know that that's part of the excitement for you, that's part of what the thrill of travel or adventure is, you got it, fam. Go for it. Do your thing. But know that beforehand. And while you're there, this is my hill, be intentional. Check in with yourself. How are you feeling? Is this working for me? Just because you have everything planned out in advance, Check in with yourself when you get there. Am I really just feeling doing nothing? Am I really enjoying just being present? This house that I'm renting or this room that I'm renting has the vibe that I really need right now. I don't know. Maybe you just went through some, you know, you got some really bad news before you left or you got some really great news before you left. Whatever side of the panel that it is, anything can happen and you want to be able to give yourself what is best for yourself in every moment. Just because you have it planned out doesn't mean that's what you have to do. Be intentional about your trip. You always want to make sure that you bring home the best souvenir and that's another version, a better version of yourself. So I have an incredible course, the Traveling Shit Mindful Traveler course that is now available to you. And I have tapped in some of the most incredible women in wellness that I know, all black women, go us. And we've come together to formulate a course that gives you seven tools for seven days of a trip to really check in with yourself using different modalities. We've got sound healing, affirmations, a heart check with a a Reiki practitioner. We've got a really basic yoga practice that you can do, sound healing, and I've got an incredible nutritionist that is giving you some tips and we are really pouring of ourselves into these little practices that you can do a little bit each day to check in with yourself and to make sure that you are growing and developing yourself in the ways that you feel are most important to you in the day. You can take as much of the practice or as little of the practice. You can be inspired by the practice. You could even revisit the practice because once you download the course, it's yours. It comes in a seven day email course and you get, even if you're not ready to travel now, sign up for the course so that when you're ready for the course, it's there for you. If you're going on a trip soon, this is something that you can decide to pull the trigger on right in the airport. Go to travelingshippodcast.com and download the copy of the Mindful Traveler course. And I mean, it can't hurt to have also downloaded the solo travel planning course so that you're planning the best trip that you possibly can. All right, folks, I love showing up every week to talk to you guys about how much travel is so much more than vacation because if you let it, it can absolutely improve and increase the life that you are living. 
Be sure to ch- uh, check out travelingshippodcast.com for more merch, courses, tools, resources, and I'll check you guys next week. Bye, y'all.